0: With
1: Ryan Pearl and Jetta Robinson. This is the MMA Unshow. Welcome to the MMA Unshow, episode 11. Today we are talking about a bunch of good stuff, um, including we've got a real banger coming up this Saturday featuring Kevin. Kevin. Dude, I screw up the first person's name every time and it's hilarious. Kelvin, Kelvin. Gastelum taking Kelvin. on Robert the reaper bobby knuckles whitaker the beige before bandito before we get into that we're going to intro you to our newest member jedediah robinson take it away
2: well uh, as stated everybody i am jedediah robinson uh mma enthusiast uh resident hooligan uh, and friend of the show uh, that is why i am here uh, i started off watching mma a long long time ago like the the chuck era when he was the man Oh God! Uh, and at that point i was the type of guy who believed boxing was all you needed to know to win a fight uh and so
3: listen, your eyes get he's come a leg. long way
2: yeah it, it's embarrassing to say out loud but it's the truth i'm not gonna start off by lying to the people um grew up myself boxing of course I started when i was knee high to a hubcap and so my dad was a good amateur boxer and passed on everything he knew to me and so i use it to give people my opinion on fights That means he's got them Duke
1: Nukems. He sure does.
2: I I got a little bit of power. He sure does.
1: Ironically, when preparing for this podcast, I realized that Ryan and I had never told you a damn thing about ourselves. Uh, So, Ryan, why don't you tell the people who you are a little bit? Tell them about your history with martial arts and kind of what you got, got you into training and into this crazy, crazy game.
3: I mean, first things first, I'm the best looking dude on this podcast. Okay, well. Let that be known. Uh, That's the stance we're taking. Um, there will be a poll to follow. No, shit.
2: got no argument for that. <laughs>
3: my man, hey, my man. No, so I've been training my martial arts, fuck, probably going on five years now. Um, I got into it because when I moved back uh, from Missouri uh, to finish up college at UNL, uh, Nebraska and, Lincoln. For those of you, that oh do yeah, not fuck, in I guess I forget. There's a world outside of.
1: <laughs> we Nebraska. live in Omaha. If any of you didn't know,
2: not to us. What's yeah, up, man? Real Smith. Shit. Shout out, bro.
3: Man, shout out, Drew Dober. Shout out, Drew Dober, bro. Man, real. Shit. And the Burgers. But uh, so I got into MMA um, just as a way to get like in shape because uh, I was planning on walking on and playing football uh, at Nebraska, and then I started training. And I was like, "Yo, this is way fucking cooler than like putting on a helmet and bashing my head in." So
1: I Strangely started punching. Enough, yeah. Also safer.
3: Yeah. So I decided to start punching people in the head.
1: You love to see it, mm. yeah. Ryan and I actually met training together uh, briefly, cross training. I, I did more muay thai stuff. I've been training myself for I don't know six or seven years or something like that. Um, I I did muay thai because I'm b- really bad at wrestling. Uh, really bad. I'm not really shaped for wrestling, but I try my best. Uh, <laughs> I do. I do enjoy jiu jitsu. Um, and it
3: was yeah. fucking people up too, like fucking people up
1: yeah no, I, I, no he I was believe. fucking people
2: up thanks man <laughs> he's, he's got the violence in his eyes it, it's in me
1: it's in me. it is weird the first time that you get hit in the face and you realize like you don't hate it that much and you're like oh this could be a like a problem moving forward dude i will always say i'm like well versed in
3: my young 24 years like that feeling of like actually taking a fight uh and like winning like dude there is like no drug like no feeling that like yeah. ever comes close to like how fucking good it feels to like dribble some dude's head off the fucking ground like it is there is nothing and like i've tried to like substitute it because i'm like damn dude you know fighting obviously isn't the best thing for you but it's like dude there's nothing that comes close and so it's like mma really is like the highest of highs and the lowest of lows because i've lost a fight too yeah and it's like you really get to know yourself like participating in a yeah. sport because at the end of the day, you know, regardless of like team sports, if you lose somebody else could have done something, but for MMA, it's solely dependent on the work you put in and only, you know, how mm. hard you went, you know, only yeah. you know how hard you took it. And so like it, and I, and I love that because it, it really comes down to who you
1: are as a person and what you're willing to like sacrifice. I will say it was, it was really cool especially now in hindsight now that we're closer uh reminiscing of watching you win the fight cool. at the arena and being right by the kids, photographing it for those of you who don't have any clue who i am i'm a photographer and i was shooting uh i was shooting that fight card and so to see ryan beat the shit out of that dude and we were we were friends at that mm-hmm. point but we weren't nearly as close as we Probably are now. now we got but, way closer after to watch you spike your mouthpiece.
3: Chuck that bitch. Let's go. Literally, ref pulls me off. I like grab my mouthpiece, fucking throw it, and it goes through like the actual cage, like towards the judges, and I never fucking found the mouthpiece. <laughs> and so, like, for training on Monday, I had to go buy a new fucking mouthpiece. Mouthpiece worth it. done.
2: Charge it to the game.
3: man Super worth
1: it. So before we get into UFC Vegas 24, we're gonna talk some current events. Kicking it off with what may be distracting some of you from UFC Vegas 24, Ben Askren versus Jake Paul. We'll start it off with Jeddah. What in the actual hell should we be even looking for in this?
2: Man. So, uh, I was one of the heathens uh, who thought that Jake Paul could get a squeaky fake win over Ben in a short fight. I thought he could start faster with his athleticism and his youth. And, you know, gets some early rounds, and then Ben chases him around and beats him up, but doesn't knock him out. Then, I heard that this fight is eight whole grown man rounds.
3: It's a Grown man.
2: And there ain't no way. No. Ain't Thank no you. way. Ain't no fucking way.
3: I've been talking my shit and for the
1: funky Ben ass.
3: Me too,
2: man. I never got off the ship. The funky one is gonna get him, bro. I, I have officially changed my mind. I thought that Jake was gonna be able to get like a cheesy win. There's no way, not in eight rounds.
1: Welcome to the curly headed fuckside. Yeah, yeah, I'm down. Ryan, do you think he stops him? What yeah. Do you, how does this go down,
3: dude? You know, honestly. So, granted, I've watched Jake Paul hit mitts. I've seen him hit the bag. He looks like dog shit. Uh, even for a guy who's only trained three years, I for the most part, I would expect better technique, especially I kind of agree. as much as like, it's unlimited resources is yeah. what he has. And if he says like, Oh, I've dedicated my life to this. Like it looks sloppy. Like it yeah, doesn't I think he look should good. Be better. And even though he's training with like BJ Flores is a very good coach and they say, Oh, well he brings in pro fighters. I guarantee you those pro fighters are being told, Hey, probably just jab, take it easy. Don't actually give this kid
1: work. Well, right. we're going to find out, yeah. right? And that's the most interesting thing about this is, like, you know, do I think that Jake Paul has a chance to be, like, a champion now? I mean, Fuck he started him. entirely too late. But do I think that maybe he could turn this into a pro career because he's pretty athletic, he's a big kid? And, again, like you said, unlimited resources, maybe. Yeah. But we're going to fucking find out. But, see, my question is for you, turning it into a pro
3: career, okay, is he actually going to fight real boxers, or is he going to just do these I mean they're basically spectacles right like he's basically just gonna fight like other famous people who aren't boxers
1: for the time being but there is a point right with this where he he has to if he wants to be taken seriously which he says allegedly is what he wants
3: yeah but i've heard his end games conor mcgregor and i mean he's gonna get smoked like a backwoods just never yeah, yeah. connor would never do it but
2: there's only so many circus fights you can make anyway right. so
3: but like as far as how i kind of see it going is obviously jake's probably gonna start out really fast like i I think Ben's gotten under his skin where he's going to try and fucking prove a point. I am a real fighter. I am going to do all this shit. Because Ben's treating it like, dude, listen, I've faced Douglas Lima. i faced Robbie Lawler. I went in there with Jorge Moswell. Like, dude, I've faced killers. I've done this. I've done this on the grandest stages. I'm a national champion wrestler. Like, I've been under these high-pressure moments, you know? So I don't think the moment will ever be too big for Ben. But what I see for Jake is, okay, he's fighting YouTubers, dude. He's fighting guys that have probably never been in real fights in their life. So when Jake lands these shots and he sees Ben's not going away, you know, mentally, that's going to fuck you up. That's okay. That and we and, think. And, exactly. And I think he's going to start to tire. And I think uh, Ben's going to kind of take like a Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder 2 approach where mm-hmm. he's going to be hanging on him. He's going to be, you know, trying to make... Jake carry his weight uh and I think Jake's going to fade because this will really be the first time he's faced adversity and you're going to find out what you're truly made of mm. and regardless of sparring you know you don't know that until like that moment comes and so I think you know uh Ben's going to stop him because I think Jake's going to quit not because Ben's fucking the next coming <laughs> of no. fucking Pernell Whitaker no like, yeah.
1: yeah I tend to agree I'm thinking seventh
3: round tko Shit, i think i think ben gets him out in like six
2: yeah i was gonna say six too uh, you know like i said i thought jake just being young being athletic and ben's striking being sad it's poor <laughs> to be fair it's the best thing i could well and you know he's very self-aware of that there's an yeah. old interview when he's still fighting in one where he's like i understand my striking's poor mm-hmm. and so he knows where he's coming from but Ben is going in there to make this ugly. It's going to be a Mm -hmm. dogfight. He said he's going to hang on. He's going to lean on. He's going to use as much wrestling and clinch as legal in boxing. And he's going to throw short uppercuts and short hooks. And he's just always going to be trying to touch him. And Jake doesn't have that for eight rounds, bro. Yeah, He might might be able to survive that for three rounds and stay ahead. And then, you know, lose the last two rounds to Ben if it were like a five-round fight or a four-round fight. He's not going to take that for eight rounds. Yeah, I don't think so. He's going to quit, man. No
1: let's jump into the next current event, which is Rose Nami um, I don't know, unpleasant comments. I'll edit them in here. Mm -hmm. We've all discussed this uh, independently at this point. Um, And I think we're all kind of on the same page with the fact that Rose Nami generally is such a likable person that this contrasting uh, persona element is, it, it seems mildly out of character coming from a place of emotion, and maybe, ideally, she runs these comments back. That said, I, I don't really know what to make of this. Ryan, what do you think?
3: She sounds kind of tone-deaf. Like, in, in terms of, like, I can kind of understand where she's coming from, but it, it seems really misdirected. Mm-hmm. And, and just historically inaccurate. Yeah. And, I mean... It, granted this wouldn't be like the most controversial thing a fighter said so like nothing at this point surprises me anymore but it's weird though and I don't know if she's like saying this to try and psych herself up for this fight against Wei Li because Wei Li's super likable and maybe Rose needs to like not like an opponent but she doesn't strike me as that type of person not at all because the way Joanna was like running her mouth towards her Rose didn't say anything no. you know Rose is very complimentary of her so Uh, it's weird dude it's really weird and i think it's kind of symbolic for the times we live in Mm. where even though we like to think that we are coming together we're still deeply divided Mm. um i don't know it's pretty disappointing yeah uh just because she is super likable and it's like uh oh like it, it, it's a hateful comment.
1: Yeah, for me, it was just such a strange contrast to the normal persona that she would exude, which is this light, bubbly, kind of fun character that's incredibly introverted, but also like very emotional about her mental health issues and things that she struggles with. And that's something that drew me to her. And to see this piece of hers, it's troubling, to say the least. What do you think, jetta
2: You know, I think you hit it well earlier. It's out of character. And yeah. the reason I feel that way is because I don't even know that she's the type of person or fighter who's going to fight to her full potential by making the other person an enemy. Mm -hmm. Every comment, every interview, when you hear her really talking about fighting and how she relates to it, she's always talking about trying to conquer her own fear. Mm. And it's always Rose versus self. And so it's odd for her to have this like external enemy and another fighter who is also so likable. Yeah. I think they're popular for very similar reasons, actually. And so. Yeah it's weird to see her externalize the fight to her opponent in this way with someone who she's so similar to.
1: Yeah. I tend to agree. And you know, I mean, she did kind of preface her comment with, you know, this isn't personal to Wei Li, or whatever, but then you, when you say, well, but this is what you represent, which makes it very it, personal. It, it, yeah. There's no way to, to yeah. depersonalize that. Yeah.
2: You've just contradicted yourself. It wasn't personal until you said this person represents the thing that is my oppression
1: last thing I want to touch on here in current events is uh, Julian Marquez's response to uh, Zane Simon on Twitter, who works for Bloody Elbow. Uh, again, the thing that we talked about, because we could pretty much talk about all of these things ad nauseum all week long until we get to share them with you. Uh, the original tweet from Zane Simon read, Having zero doubts that Julian Marquez is going to take the worst approach to fighting Sam Alvey and still has a 60% chance of winning. Rather degrading. Uh, Julian Marquez saw this tweet after winning his fight it's via cool. knockout. Oh, he, saw, he, saw, oh, he, he did choke him. him. He oh, right, him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He uh, rudely bulldog choked him to death. <laughs> and, Savagely. Uh, <laughs> <Almost popped laughs> no, it off. was still a rear naked. It was just no hooks. And uh, responded by retweeting Zane Simon with his own comment saying, sounds like I shouldn't do any interviews with Bloody Elbow anymore. Zane Simon replies with feels like, feels a little extreme, but I won't argue with you. Uh, Jetta, what did you uh, make of this initially?
2: (laughs) Well, you know, nice walk back, buddy. It feels a little extreme. Yeah, fuck you, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. keep that same energy. You wanted to talk about Julian like that until it was a great technical performance, until he knocked the guy down with a beautiful punch, and then, you know, just, again, savagely strangled him. There wasn't nothing pretty about that. That was just violence. But, listen, you can't talk that way about somebody and their performances And then expect them to want to talk to you just because you decided to change your mind to make money.
1: As we discussed, there is a way to be critical of fighters. There is a way to be critical of coaches. There's a way to be critical of commentary but there's a way to not do it and that is the way that we see unfortunately mma journalists do it over and over and over again to the point where it almost seems like half of the mma journalists particularly from bloody elbow seem to not even really like mma that much
2: and just like a small additional point he wasn't even right it was like a nuclear grade hot take like, yeah Sam he's a good counter fighter and backs up and julian pressed him to the cage and worked the body and when sam was trying to counter he pulled That's an amazing approach to the fight. You're not even right. I
1: completely agree, Ryan. What do you think?
3: I mean, dude, this bothers me on like kind of a personal level. I think you know, having fought like fighters, do sometimes have a a sensitive ego in the fact that you know you put yourself out there to the world for judgment, and it, it it's their job, like it's their art, like they are performing art in there, and for someone like Zane Simon who looks like he's never been in a fight at any point in his life which whatever if that's not for you fine but for you to like say it comes across as like dude you couldn't even be bothered to watch like you it sounded like you had something better to do but for some reason you were forced to watch it and and that like disgusts me because you know the three of us we love mma like i love this sport and for somebody to just be like oh i can't really be bothered now i'm gonna like discount this guy's performance oh this dude's kind of like a bum and that's like how i kind of read it like oh dude you don't think very highly of julian marquez's skill and it's like he's going in there with other killers sam alvey is no ho like exactly just it bothers me so much when people say these things say these explosive things and then when a fighter says, hey, listen, I'm not going to I'm not going to fuck with you anymore. Like, no, like I shouldn't have to put myself out there to talk to you like I don't owe you anything. And then for Zane Simon to just tuck his tail between his legs, like, dude, that's coward shit to me. Mm-hmm. Like, and I can't respect that because mm-hmm. if you're going to make those comments, I need you to stand on it Yeah, at the end of the day like you said those things you meant those things and just because he said something to you just because you got checked okay well now i'm gonna cower like i I just i just can't respect that as a man
1: it's classic bullying technique too from from zane simon to to act like an ass and then walk it back in like a a weird kind of passive aggressive it's just classic bullying behavior and it's all too common in MMA journalism, particularly in this particular format of Twitter. And I I don't exactly understand why I don't want to psychoanalyze these people too much. We talked about it off air that maybe these are, maybe they fell into MMA because they couldn't cut it writing for another sport or, you know, there's a million possible alternatives or explanations for, for this type of behavior, but it's, it's entirely too common. And the thing that I think bothers me the most about it is that it hurts the sport deeply when it seems like the people that are supposed to be covering this thing have no respect. And and this is actually something you see in the wider sports journalism world. But they seem to have zero respect, or you know, for for the honor and the like, the legacy building that's happening every time that these guys step in the octagon. It's just and and gals step in the octagon. I mean, it's 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 deeply disrespectful and deeply
2: offensive. Well, and it's weak that, like, even when they're going to walk back their comments, there's no apology. No. There's no no acknowledgement of Marquez's skill. There's no, like, go over of what the shot that created the knockout, you know? Mm -hmm. Whenever I see a knockout or a knockdown in any fight, the first thing I say to myself is, what created the shot? And there's Mm. none of that.
1: No. Very rarely. I mean, there's the the best, the Luke Thomases of the world. Luke, please, God, unblock me on Twitter. Luke. I have no idea what I did. Love you, bro.
3: Man, real shit. Hey, Luke, like us.
1: Hey, I can still follow him on the Unshow account, so it's all good. Uh, Quick plug. Don't make Luke Block (laughs) the Unshow
3: account, dog.
1: (laughs) I swear to God I never tweeted him. Real quick plug for one. We have another really fun one card coming up um, on TNT once again. On Wednesday again, I believe. So it'll be one on TNT. Well, when this comes out, it will have been yesterday. So maybe I could try to drop this early. I'll drop this early. We'll drop it tomorrow. Surprise. Gang, gang. So tomorrow night, uh, we've got in the main event, well, it looks like we've got, which one's actually the main event? Jan, Janet, Janet Todd is, Todd right? Janet Todd is, yeah. So Christian Lee is fighting Timothy Nastyukin. If you're not familiar with either of these guys, Christian Lee is the champion of the lightweight division. Timothy Nastyukin is the guy that absolutely brain-bashed Eddie Alvarez in his one, FC, one championship, excuse me, debut. Ugh. And then we've also got Janet Todd taking on and I'm going to probably screw up her name, Annie Lynn least she's Norwegian, um, in a Muay Thai fight that is going to be incredible. Uh, Janet Todd, if you haven't seen her fight, she's an American atomweight weight competitor, and she is an absolute beast. So be sure to check that out. Um, now, quickly, before we get into this weekend's event, I do want to recap vittori holland so we'll start with what was probably all three of our favorites fight uh Mac-Dessi versus Bahamondis. Jetta, what in the actual hell did we see in that fight that was wild
2: we saw everything you could want out of a striking matchup oh, we yeah. see a guy who's real sharp pinging away finding his range immediately using it beautiful we see the smaller guy trying to move his head getting hit and then eventually he finds the shot right and when he finds the shot the bigger guy is stunned, but he's got that heart. Oh, boy. Does and he. the fight is absolutely not over.
1: What an animal.
2: love to see it.
1: I loved the matchup in the first place because it was such a fun contrast of, like, McDessie's kind of this little stocky, jacked veteran guy. And then uh, Bahamundus is this giant six-foot-three-inch Chilean slayer who's also very young uh making that was his debut i believe as well yeah beautiful debut, bro. incredible performance off I, I don't know how he got MacDessi his debut but to me and ryan maybe you can follow up on this did not hurt his stock one bit with that no. performance
3: no dude i mean i think john McDessie is a he's kind of a hidden treasure for the most part like i don't know if many fans like know who he is but every time he fights the dude scraps. Absolutely. Um, and when you have fights like that where y- you are able to show not only the technical skill, but the heart, in my opinion, you lose no you lose no stock. It's your first fight, and it shows that you can go the distance with a grizzled veteran.
1: Especially after almost getting stopped in exactly, the first Exactly.
3: Exactly. You know, he was able to maintain composure. Yeah, because, what, there's like two minutes left in the round? Like, there was some time where I was like, yeah. oh, shit. Like I thought he was going
1: to get him out of yeah, there. Yeah,
3: dude. And so, you know, he was able to maintain composure, adjust and gut it out. And for me moving forward, I'm super excited. What I am kind of worried about though, um, is that he did miss weight. And so, you know, I don't know if that's, something- I think it was late notice. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Cool. So, I mean, he is giant for the weight class, yeah. but dude, that's fun. I mean, in my opinion, he's someone I'm really excited for in the future, especially to watch him grow, um, to see him add a few things where I thought he may be have missing or, you know, he just didn't show in his game, but, uh, yeah no this is like one of the rare instances where a loss doesn't really hurt your stock
1: yeah i completely agree um while you were talking about that i was thinking about john McDessey and just like the duration of his career and and how strange the arc has been so far where his losses have been extremely close Mm -hmm. and he has good wins you know who he kind of reminds me of a little bit you're gonna say jorge cuban
3: Jesus. Yeah, I was like, you're going to say Jorge. Street
1: Jesus, Jorge yeah. Masvidal. It's yeah. a similar career trajectory.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, where the decisions really could have went his way, even because I think like a lot of Jorge's decisions. Probably should went,
1: have went his yeah, way. Yeah,
3: for the most part. Yeah, that's not, a. I don't hate that comparison.
1: Do you think McDesi has that kind of, I mean, I, I recognize maybe he doesn't have that kind of enigmatic, enigmatic personality to kind of catapult that. Uh, but do you think he could string together a you know, a a string of finishes or a a couple big performances that could get him back into the mix at lightweight. Jed, what do you think?
2: For sure. Uh, In fact, I would say that this fight is the first like stepping stone towards that. They book him another solid opponent. He finishes that guy or has another fight this quality with him. Everyone's talking about John McDessie. Yeah. I mean, it's just a great fight. And Ignacio too. It's just, you guys said it already, but it's just not often where you lose and people are more impressed with you.
3: Yeah. The only other one I can think of in like recent memory is Colby. Yeah. Where even if you don't like the dude, the dude can fight his ass off. Yeah. And it's just
1: iron
2: iron balls. Exactly. One of the most impressive losses I've ever seen. Next up, we're going to talk about
1: Mackenzie Dern and her performance. My girl. My goodness. What a buzzsaw victory. Ryan, talk us through that.
3: Dude, she looked fantastic. Um, the one thing that I... That like really surprised me um, was just how aggressive she was coming out. Uh, normally mckenzie super game, Mackenzie super tough, Mackenzie super durable, but it, it honestly just seemed like she was like, dude, fuck this. I don't get paid by the minute for this fight, so we're getting we're getting <laughs> Nina's ass out of here. Um, you know, she was coming forward, hitting Nina with big shots. Um, and what really kind of blew my mind was that trip she landed uh, mm. in order to get Nina to the ground. And then once you got to the ground, it. it it's different you know Uh, i don't necessarily know what nina's you know jujitsu belt rank is uh
1: she's certainly not known for her yeah
3: i mean even if she was a black belt not all black belts are created the same and Mackenzie's like one of those special ones where it's like dude it's just a matter of fucking time
1: yeah man i i feel like she she has almost like savant level grappling (sighs) where she's able to kind of dummy certain things to get you to do certain things and it's, it's beautiful to watch and you know to, to give some credit where credit due I thought uh, Cruz actually did a really good job on that fight and he's a commentator that could grow on me I guess if you. but I, I thought he did a really good job explaining what she was doing because he was like one step of ahead of me kind of explaining to people in the room what was going on so i you know i I thought Cruz did a really good job on that on that call so i'll give him a shout out uh jetta what do you think is next for her what would you like is there an opponent mine that you'd like to see mckenzie during take on next or anything in particular
2: she's surged up in the rankings right and so uh, at least the last time i heard they they moved her up pretty high i thought and so you know i'm interested in them testing her with somebody because i mean Nina was up
3: pretty high. Nina was fifth.
2: So uh, I'm interested in seeing them test her with somebody who's really good. Give yeah. me yeah, a name. I'll pull up
3: the rankings. Give there's, me a second. Nah, there's one name I'm hoping you're saying.
2: There's one, huh?
3: I hope you're thinking what I'm thinking. Mm, I don't know,
1: man. Oh, Jenna, come on. Okay, so she's fifth right now. I'll just let me give you the top ten. Okay. We got Rose Joanna, Jan Chonan, Carlos Barza, McKenzie, Marina Rodriguez, Nina Nunes. Uh, Claudia Gedalia, Michelle Watterson, Tisha Torres, and then below that we have like Hebos, Angel Hill, etc. Uh, I mean,
2: honestly from that list uh, man, Yon Xiao I believe. I'm sorry She's for butchering her name but that's what I would like to see. She's booked, because, I think. Honestly, I don't really want to see her as great as a fight as I think it could be I don't know that I want to see her against Joanna. I think uh, <laughs> No, not yet. I, I think we see Big She'd get her ass kicked by Yolana I, mm, I, don't, I don't know about all I that. I don't know. That. Y'all got ridiculous
3: takedown defense. It is yeah, hard that's to get a takedown. ground. That's, that's exactly what I mean.
2: But, like, Mackenzie's she Mackenzie, dog. She's, it, she's an octopus. She just... As soon as she touches you.
3: Nick, while you were reading off that top ten, there was yep. a name in there that fell off that has been removed, which was the fight I really wanted to see. It was Tatiana Suarez.
1: Oh, wow. Uh, that's the
3: fight I wanted. Man, she
1: has been removed from, been the,
2: wrong. from the rankings. Yeah, that's she's, interesting. She's been an actor for a long time. I've been wanting to see her fight again for... Ever. She just, the wrestling, the ground control, that amazing ground and pound.
1: How would she deal with big Jujitsu? Like
2: so that, here's an interesting great. thing.
1: Yan shonan is fighting Carlos Barza. Both of them are ranked three and four, two spots ahead of her. Probably the most logical move is Mackenzie Dern fights the winner of that fight. She'd probably fight the loser.
2: Maybe. To be yeah, honest. winner or the loser. Well, she's on a winning yeah, streak, because, so she should get the winner.
1: Right. Well, I'm trying to think, though, because...
3: It okay. probably depends on how the fight goes. Because, well, the way I'm looking at it, okay, if... Uh, Lee beats Rose, she would probably fight the winner uh, of
1: yon I think if Lee beats Rose, she's fighting Valentina for sure. I think well, so. Then fuck it, yeah. Fuck it. Give her the winner, then.
2: I, I love that fight as well.
1: Yeah. That's
2: you know who so I would love to fight. see McKenzie turn against, but she no longer competes in the weight class. The name that was on the tip of my tongue. Andrage? You know it. Matea mm. Estaca that's yeah. a great fight. Stylistically, that's... There's a lot of heart in that fight, it's sir. There's fire. a lot of
3: heart. A lot
2: of <laughs> that's, heart. That's blood no head movement, but day. there's a lot of heart. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let's jump into the main event. Marvin Vittori defeats Kevin Holland, his. Was it straight fifty forty fours?
2: Yeah, fifty forty four. Yeah, fifty forty four. I think there was a fifty forty five in there. Or something. Yeah,
1: and what was a dominant and yet even in in Marv Vittori's own words, not necessarily the greatest performance. Um, I I don't know that Kevin Holland was devastating on the feet, but he was effective at times, which led Marvin to, to kind of rely on his wrestling heavy approach, which he generally does. Anyways, I've compared him to a better Chris Weidman on a number of occasions. And that's the take that I'm probably going to stick with until he or someone else proves me. Otherwise, um, I don't know. What did, what did you guys see? Jed we'll start with you. What did, what did you take out of that? Anything in particular?
2: You know, I I gotta be careful how I phrase it because it was definitely a dominant performance and it's a strong win. Um, but I don't know. It was kind of extreme to me. Like the things that all of the things that could go right went right. And all of the things that could go wrong went wrong. And so, uh, he was dominant with the wrestling dominant with getting into the clinch. I mean, if I had a dollar for every time step in one, two clinch got him paid out, I'd have made as much money as he made fighting. But, um, when they were at range and he wasn't close, I mean, he was getting pinged up and some of the shots hurt him. I mean, least third or fourth round, Kevin even knocked his mouthpiece out. Yeah, fourth round. Like, Kevin showed the ranginess and the power to really end him. And so, dominant win, I don't want to take anything from Marvin, but going into a fight with Israel Adesanya... It's not what you want to see.
1: No, and and I know a lot, a lot of people like to bring up the fact that they fought already, and and Marvin did have some success, and we discussed this a little bit already, because we I think you also went back and rewatched that fight, just because it had become such a thing that people were talking about, and that fight was not nearly as close. No, I don't as understand people's how people's revisionist split. history uh, is is making it out to be. I thought it was basically that fight only, rather than him taking him down, he pretty much just laid against him on the cage, which is, again, that's a I'm not taking anything away from Marvin or the way that he chooses to fight. That's fine. Um, But then in the inverse, he actually got hit a lot more in that fight and hence why he lost. But, you know, he did, he did almost nothing to win that fight, which doesn't give me a whole lot of hope for him in a rematch. Um, Ryan, what do you, what is next for, for Marvin Vittori? What do you think is next for Kevin Holland? Like what, what do you take out of that?
3: Um, I mean, I think, First, I'm going to address Kevin Holland uh, because I actually came away a little bit more impressed with him in this fight. In, in a weird than, than way, Marvin. Yeah, because I mean, it, he actually showed a lot more fight this time. Uh, it kind of just seemed like with the Derek Brunson thing, he was just super reserved. To Derek Brunson just laying his big, heavy self on him for five rounds and just beating on him. Yeah. Um, so it looked like Kevin was actually taking this more seriously. Um, so I think for me, I came away more impressed with his performance. Um, I don't know, man. I think it kind of comes down to whether Kevin moves down to welterweight or if no. he decides that he wants to make one eighty five his permanent home. No. Um, if he wants to move down to welterweight, I, I think there's a lot of fun matchups you can make for him. Um, but if he if he's going to stay up at middleweight, he's going to have to bulk up. You know, he's going to have to work on his wrestling uh, because there's it's not like he's lacking wholesale. Um, but he he needs there's 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 small technical uh, adjustments that he yeah. needs to make uh, that would tremendously help him out. So I'd like to see him take some time off, man. I, yeah. I really would. Uh, I know that's not his thing because he's kind of become like a modern day like cowboy Cerrone, <laughs> where he's fighting all the time and mm-hmm. it's super cool. And I know the UFC loves it because it's like, well, shit, if we're in a pinch, we're gonna call Kevin Holland. Um, but I just think for his career arc, um, even though he being a champion may not be the ultimate end goal for him. I'm not saying it is, I'm not saying it isn't, uh, but I just think longevity and for the ability to make the most money, you're going to want to win fights. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to see him take some time off, get in the gym, heal up, uh, and then see him back, you know, later in the year.
1: Yeah. Um, Sometimes when fighters are on losing streaks, it's difficult to pinpoint exactly what they're doing wrong. Um, this is not that instance it's very clear what kevin holland does well and he does it really well and he does it in a in a unique incredibly compelling way um which is going to make him super marketable forever and it's going to make him a person that people are going to tune in to watch fight for Mm -hmm. the duration of his his ufc career he's still a pretty young dude i think he's maybe 30 yeah he might even still be in his 20s yeah um so that is great for kevin and like you said I, i think him taking some time off maybe spending some time with DC like he was talking about doing. I think that would be wonderful if he went down to AKA and cross trained a little bit with some of those dudes. Cause no, he just needs to move to Dagestan. Fuck that.
2: Well, you know, he needs to get a little bit of that Muay Thai out of him. He's got too much anytime, anybody, anywhere yeah. in him. And, Damn. you know, short notice fights. Everybody loves a guy who will save a card. Everybody loves a guy who will step up and fight. But you know, Ain't the best career move to take mm-hmm. a matchup against somebody who is the exact same style yeah. that you just lost to. Yeah.
3: Especially when, like, a blueprint like that has been laid out. Because mm-hmm. even if guys aren't fantastic wrestlers, because obviously, you know, Derek Brunson is a superior wrestler to Marvin Vittori, but...
1: In some ways, Marvin ooh. does stuff against the cage that is pretty special.
2: We'll put a pin in that, because that's uh, one of the fights for Marvin I actually want to see a lot. I, mean, I- Derek? Yeah, him and Derek Brunson, or uh, him and Jared Cannonier. I'm super high on that. I'm well,
1: let's let's talk about Cannonier. that. So, he's moved up to three in the rankings, which all of us found somewhat perplexing. Yeah, as further than I thought he'd go. Well, he, I, I don't really know how you beat the same guy that another guy just beat, and Two you weeks go, out. and you're behind him before that, and then you go ahead. I mean, to me. Logic says that doesn't make any sense. So what I'm guessing is happening here is the UFC is saying we're going to promote this guy. This is a guy that we want to give a title shot if we possibly can. So I guess maybe Jetta, that's that's probably my next question. Is, is that what's next for Marvin Vittori? Is he getting a shot at Israel Adesanya?
2: Probably. Uh, I mean, it depends on uh, this uh, Bobby Knuckles fight we got yeah. coming up. Because uh, I think the reason Vittori's getting pushed is he's got the best story to go against Israel next. Because if you look at the top five, top seven guys, it's hard to pick a name as he hasn't already beaten. Exactly. And so, at this point, it's who's the most compelling rematch. Yep. And Marvin is among them. I think Bobby Knuckles with a strong performance or even a finish uh, wins that argument.
1: And a lot of it probably depends on timing, right? And like how this this fight goes. Because if, if we have a war Saturday, which is Borderline likely. uh, Beige band is special. One of those two guys. Whoever wins that is likely gonna get the next title shot. If not Vittori, but if both of them are laid up for six months, eight months, ten months, Adasani's an active guy. He's going to fight someone. Oh. It makes you think Vittori's probably gonna get it. Fuck it, I'm gonna come out and say it
3: because I'm I, I I can't hold back on this. <laughs> Marvin did what he had to do to get the win but that performance to me doesn't necessarily warrant
1: a title shot you know I agree with that but the fact that they put him ahead of Derek Brunson says they want him to get the title shot long before Derek Brunson and they're not going to match him up with Derek Brunson because he's behind him now
2: Uh, you know and I because of that I kind of love a title eliminator between him and Robert Whitaker me too I think that'd be awesome don't get there yet bro I haven't even started (laughs) but I don't think Robert should have to take a title. Eliminator. No. Yeah. I think if Robert wins another fight, he's in there. Yeah, I agree. Because uh, he's beat Darren Tell, He's beat Jared Cannonier. This is fight number three. How much more does he got to prove? He's a he's former fucking murderer And he yeah, stopped, stopped Cannonier. Yeah. Are we going to no, make him do a second? Oh, no, he role? didn't stop him. He no. head he kicked got him and close then he, to stop he him. survived. And then he like, That's broke right. his arm too. Yep. Oh, yep. Man. yep. And so um, it's not fair to Whitaker to have oh. to take a title eliminator. But I do like that fight. Um, what makes more sense is if Gastelum wins. Sorry, Brian. <laughs> him, have, him having to do a title eliminator with Marvin Vittori makes yes. all the sense in the world. I agree,
3: but you know what? I'm gonna come out and say it. What about my guy? Well, not my guy, the wine man. What about Paulo Costa? Marvin Vittori, Paulo Costa is a title eliminator. It's an
2: amazing fight. Yeah, I'm am hundred But he moved him fight. ahead of him. But only but Paulo Costa. No, Paulo's right. number two. Yeah, bullshit. Hold on.
3: He Hold better on. not be. He ain't drink that much phone, wine. i got it.
2: Hold up. Hold on. Come man, on, and now. Off the
3: pino like that, you crazy? Oh, nope, he's still number two.
2: So actually, dumb my man the eraser like that. That's a new variable. I love that fight a lot.
3: I really and like shit. that as fight. That hey. that fight as well. I don't I don't put because Stevie on Paulo.
2: Because here's the thing, Marvin Austin. It with Paulo, bro. The hooks no. to the body, no, sir. And we get to see how big is Eraser's jiu-jitsu. because it's supposed to be big. It's supposed to be big. Yeah. And so if he gets taken down, we get to see it. And so I love Damn.
3: that. Plus, Marvin right gets, gets into hit that. a lot too. Like he gets mm. hit clean.
1: Yep. So does Paulo, to
3: be fair. Yeah, oh, yeah, Do, but, do basically just a better-looking modern-day Vanderlei. Yeah. And,
2: <laughs> you know what's wild, bro? You know what I love the most about Marvin, actually, from the last fight, his ground and pound is pretty vicious. Because <laughs> he, he landed in, some stuff. Yeah, he was never really postured up, like real strong. He never had like super dominant positions, and he lumped Kevin up pretty bad from like guard and half guard. I mean yeah. Kevin's eye was swollen shut, bro.
1: Yeah. I think that was with an elbow, right? Mm-hmm. And so yeah.
2: he's he has got the hammers. And so I
1: yeah. Well we've got some
3: ideas. We need to bring the cheese. Paulo gonna bring the wine. Let's make that. <laughs> let's let's get them fuckers to dance, dude. That sounds dude. fun. That sounds fun. It does super sound fun. like a
1: whole lot of fun.
0: Caught the BMW, new deposit, I picked up another bag Like, fuck it, I'ma count while I'm in it I had planes flying, crowds screaming money Count of chains, clanging. shit, I guess that's how it sound When you win it, I ain't joking, do it sound like I'm kidding I've been making like 2,000 a minute so high up through the clouds, I was swimming. I'm probably gonna drown when I'm in it. I bet she gonna get loud when I'm in it. And we might have a child. Uh, I don't love when a finish. hoe after we fuck, she can't get near me. Only bitch, I give a conversation to a Siri. My pants are married. Yes, I'm winning clearly I'm the chosen one, see my potential, so they fear me Lately, I've been praying, God, I wonder, can you hear me? Thinking about the old me, I swear I miss you dearly Stay down till you come up, I've been sticking to that theory Every day about it, I'm exhausted and I'm weary Make sure I smile in public when alone, my eyes teary I fought through it all, but that shit hurt me severely I've been getting how to have and have my insecurities Taking different pills, but I know it ain't Cop the BMW Pause it, I picked up another bag like, fuck it, I'ma count while I'm in it I heard planes flying, crowds screaming, money, counting shames, clanking shit. I guess the size sound when you winning. I ain't joking, do it sound like I'm kidding. I've been making like 2,000 a minute. So high up through the clouds, I was swimming. I'm probably gonna drown when I'm in it. I bet she gonna get loud when I'm in it. And we might have they a child say I'm when I'm reverse, finished They verse reverse. Never put out a weak verse. Homicides when we lurk. I'm stuck to my feet hurt. When putting them streets first, white tees turn burgundy t shirts. Looking for something real, he stuck in the deep. Anxiety killing me, I just wanna leave her When they ask if I'm okay, it just make everything seem worse Trying to explain your feelings sound like something you rehearsed. Stab me in my back with a clean smirk Looking so deep into your eyes, I can read your thoughts so, Shut the fuck up, I mean, please don't talk I done been through too much and I don't need another loss Put that on every war, for every battle I've the BMW, new deposit, I picked up another bag Like fuck it, I'ma count while I'm in it I have planes flying, crowds screaming, money, counter chains clanging shit. I guess that's how it sound when you win it. I ain't joking, do it sound like I'm kidding. I've been making like 2,000 a minute. So high up through the clouds, I was swimming. I'm probably gonna drown when I'm in it. I bet she gonna get loud when I'm in it. And we might have a child when I'm finished. When I'm finished, when I'm finished.
1: Uh, let's jump into UFC Fight Night, Whitaker versus Gastelum. I believe it is a Vegas 24. The the numbers are so arbitrary at this point. It's a hard time. It's, it's hard to The only reason I even remember is from the hashtags on Twitter. So, I just remember the fighter names, Doc. They're fighting in the apex. Like, it is in yeah. the apex. <laughs> uh, the, the featured prelim for us, uh, the prelims are a little light. So this one took a little research and a little digging, but I think we found a super, super fun little nugget in Alexander Romanov versus Juan Espino. So Alexander Romanov, if you're not familiar, 13-0, and whole bunch of subs. I'll pull that up. Juan Espino, 11-1, whole bunch of subs. Both of them have a bunch of really weird subs as well. Uh, Jetto, <laughs>
2: talk us through this one. I love it, man. So um, the most interesting thing I saw was two submissions via forearm choke
1: for one, right? For mm.
2: Yeah, and that is incredible because that is basically just Tank Abbott back in the day. You gonna tap, boy? And it's, it is
1: rude. <laughs> it is amazing, and he's from Spain. And, and know- his nickname is uh, what was his nickname? El Guapo. El Guapo. El Guapo so I love this guy.
2: Yeah, it lets me know that uh, he is handsome. He's a great wrestler, and he bought strong as shit. And oh yeah. So I'm I'm here for it.
1: I'm also here for it. Uh, I saw when reading through Romanov's uh, shirt sure dog. He his last submission was by Scarfold, which I couldn't even remember like how you even do that with no gi. So we looked that up, and that does not look comfortable at Alexi all. Alexi
3: Lenik hit somebody up with that, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, he's, he's just hit a mean ass joke. Yes,
1: dog, they're mean. It's you know a what's... backwards uh, rear naked, pretty much, right?
2: Well, it's like it's like a half guard, like or not half guard, but side control, like side saddle. You're just like cranking upwards, right?
1: Like, I'm going to pull you're you're the just picture pulling
2: it. the guy up from the ground. It's like not even a choke. It just sucks. It's like uh, the reason a twister lock sucks is Oops. the guy's just twisting your neck. Right. Just breaking your neck. Yeah. And it's I'm so excited. It's mean. It's like a bullying tactic to like get people to move generally. But oh, like,
1: interesting. I'm looking at it right now. So it is that for sure. And then the arm, it, it's actually more of like a backwards arm triangle.
2: Okay. For I got like you. Yeah, I gonna well, say it's how like do you do even get know.
1: people to get their arm there? Do you know what i mean why don't they just go
2: <laughs> you probably collect it with the shoulder or something yeah
1: and then just like push it over and it gets yeah. trapped on their own face
2: yeah I, I would assume it's something like a windshield choke where like you start moving and a bigger part of your body pushes the arm where it's supposed to be
1: yeah that makes a lot of sense this fight's basically two
3: big ass bears with mean ass submissions i'm here for it <laughs>
1: ryan who do you like in it do you are you uh, leaning one way or the other
3: i think i'm gonna go Romanoff because he's younger yeah
1: he's a lot younger uh, 13 uh, and 0
3: from i mean from what i've seen of espino he kind of gassed a little bit. Like, yeah. He got a little tired. I mean, granted, we are 40, yeah, what? and he's also like 40. So,
1: Quite literally 40.
3: Yeah, he's literally 40, like the big 4 So I, I'm going to go with the younger guy here. I
2: have one single fear about this fight, and I just pray the MMA gods don't do it to us. Give us what we want. Let us see the two grapplers throw each other and get on the ground.
1: Oh,
3: God, if they don't, kickbox. Don't give us shitty a shitty kickboxing. kickboxing. <laughs> Man, hell, hell yeah. <laughs>
2: Oh, I'm, oh, I'm so excited scared. for that. Yeah. That's the only thing that scares me. I just want to see a weird... El Guapo
3: ain't going to sit there and bang. He too handsome. That's, <laughs> that, that's what the name telling me that's right what there. I'm he hoping, ain't bro. trying to get punched in his face. He's trying to take my man's down <laughs> and do some mean-ass submissions. I'm the, here for it. At
2: the end of the day, he's got to stay pretty. Man, real shit. So that's what I'm hoping for. Dang.
1: I'm with both of you. Uh, before we jump into the main card, we're going to give you three bets that we... I would say we feel more comfortable, more confident about them this week than last week. And actually, last week we were kind of on fire. Made you fucker some money. I think we were three for three.
2: The bets were a little bit of a struggle this week, though. Oof, it, it was a, it was
1: a it was a challenge. We um, but kind of I think we've got some value here. Yeah,
2: so yeah, for sure, the
1: first one we've got for you is Alex Munoz versus Luis Pena. Alex Munoz is coming in at plus one fifteen underdog. Uh, he's a very very good wrestler. Luis Pena's takedown defense. Sometimes suspect, but he has been at two good wrestling camps. So the likelihood of that improving is, is probably there, to be fair. Big wrestling. Um, the second one we've got for you is Jeremy Stevens. Um, is this his first fight back at Lightweight, or has he I taken so. one previously? No, I think this is his first fight. So he's in the co main event against Drakar Close. Just should be a banger, by the way, which we'll talk about in a bit. Um, Jeremy Stevens at minus 145. I think he's probably just got too much experience. Um, too much power for a very hittable Dracar Close. Um, and Dracar Close is super game, which I think could get him into some trouble against, a guy like against Jeremy, Jeremy Stevens.
2: Yeah, it's, it's not the way to beat Jeremy Stevens, is by proving how mean you are. Because he he consistently proves that he is meaner. Yo, I he like is one of the
1: meanest. He's
3: mouthpiece, dude. Because that motherfucker bites down on that bitch and just throws with everything. The distance, a Midwest monster,
2: man. The amount of plastic in between his top and bottom <laughs> teeth is a millimeter. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And finally in the main event, the one that pains Ryan <laughs> to admit, been on this shit. That there is some value here. Uh, Kelvin Gaslam coming in at plus two hundred, that's just a a little too high for me to not say that's a pretty good bet.
3: I mean, I'm literally driving the Bobby Knuckles fan club. Like I'm driving the bus on that bitch. But it's like Because you look exactly the same as I <laughs> That is like an excellent compliment, and I thank you for that. Well, but true. at the end of the day, dude, like as much as I love Robert. Kelvin's fucking sick. Kelvin has incredibly quick hands and Kelvin will land. And Bobby has shown that he likes a war. Bobby gets hit and he never makes anything like smooth. There is never a Bobby fight where I'm like, Oh damn. Like I'm chilling. It's like, dude, here we go. Bobby going to get dropped by. It's some a shit stressful here. experience yeah. being dude, a it's no, horrible. Fan. So I mean, dude, at plus 200, both these guys crack, both these guys hit hard and Kelvin can shut anybody's lights out.
2: That's the struggle I referred to earlier, by the way, <laughs> coming up with the bets.
3: <laughs> oh, Dog, it hurts. You I ain't same. betting on it. I'm going to be honest. I'm a homer, though. Like, I'm never betting against my guys. But if I was to advise somebody, hey, you have worse things to put your money on than Kelvin Gastelum.
1: So like we'll go through, <laughs> we will go through the main card here, bottom to top. Looks like we got a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 fight main card on ESPN at 9 p.m. Saturday, April 17th. Coming at you from the Apex. First on the card is a featherweight contest between Ricardo Hamos versus Bill Algio. Ricardo Hamos, 14 and 3, Bill Algio, 14 and 5. Jetta, any impressions? What do you think we'll see here between the alpha male featherweight, Ricardo Ramos? Ramos, Hamos? Probably Hamos because he's Brazilian. Hey, yeah, he's probably Ricardo Hamos, actually. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's probably Hamos for sure. Puts I don't, his know, about that. On his I don't name. know about the, <laughs> the his back, though. I love it. I don't know about the first name, but I know the last name is definitely Hamos if he's Brazilian. Most definitely. What they called Ronda Rousey, Honda Rousey. Honda Housey, Man, yeah. it goes for the first names too. Let's go.
1: Looks like he lost his last fight by TKO to Lerone Murphy. Before that, he had won his previous two. Lost the one before that to say it. I can't even say. Is that Khabib's cousin? It, it
3: is cousin.
2: This Khabib's is how you cousin. say my name. And, and, then and before, before that was kind of
1: on a roll, um, so kind of an up and down. But overall, fourteen and three, coming in with three wins by KOTKO, seven submissions, four decisions, two KOTKO losses, one submission loss. So an exciting guy, only twenty five years old. So definitely somebody to watch out for. Um, Bill, fourteen wins, five defeats, three wins by KOTKO, six subs, five decisions has lost twice by submission and three times by decision. He's got a sick nickname. Senior Perfecto. That's pretty sick. <laughs> oh, I actually remember dope. him now. He's tall. <laughs> that's amazing. 31 years old coming at you from State College, Pennsylvania. He's one of those boys. Is
3: he a Penn State dude?
1: Uh, maybe. That's where, that's, State that's where that is. where that is. Oh, he may be a Penn State wrestler guy. Oh, shit. We should probably know more about Bill Lgio. Shitty wrestling. But here we are. Um, do either of you have any leanings on this? Any things to look out for?
2: I'm not super familiar with the fighters, but I can tell you any team alpha male guy is going to be able to blast a double, uh, and he is going to have a killer guillotine. Uh, And if he is at the proper point in his development, he's even going to have an overhand right. Bada boom. So uh, I expect to see those weapons, top control, ground and pound. It's going to come down to who has the better wrestling.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably true. Um, odds on this. I'm going with Bill just off the fact that I'm pretty sure he went to Penn State
3: and he wrestled. And so that means that man is a phenomenal wrestler. He can definitely wrestle if he so, went to Penn State. But I mean, it is two grapplers. So who knows? We could see a shitty kickboxing match. And at that point, I'm going to take Ricardo or Ricardo. I don't know. I'll no, brush I up think on it's my Portuguese. Hicardo. I'll brush up on my Portuguese for it, the next time. If the, if
1: the commentary was ever consistent enough for us to remember, then we probably would. But
3: I mean, dude, I did like Two weeks of babble Portuguese, and then I kind of stopped doing that on the drive home. So maybe I need to, like, get that back up. That way (laughs) I can be our translator for all our Portuguese fighter
1: guests on the show.
2: I am 100% down with you taking that duty. Hell yes. Yeah, no dibs.
1: Expect. He's got it already. So it looks like they're coming in about basically a pick them. So Bill's minus 115. Ricardo's at minus 105. Senior Perfecto is going to be Perfecto on the night.
2: He's got an amazing nickname. I hope he wins because of that. real shit. That's.
1: It is tremendous.
2: Yeah. It's great. It is tremendous. Kind of corny,
3: but great.
1: (laughs) Let's talk Luis Pena versus Alex Munoz. Speaking of great nicknames, Violent Bob Ross, Luis Pena, coming in at eight and three, a lightweight versus Alex Munoz, six and one. So both pretty young guys, relatively early in their career. It looks like Violent Bob Ross is 27. Um, Obviously his most, Interesting attribute is the fact that he's 6'3", making 155 pounds. He's a big old boy as well. He's huge. Uh, Alex, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, is uh, he's an alpha male guy, guy as well. Excellent, excellent wrestler. Um, probably his biggest win uh, was probably his win over Nick Newell as far as like somebody with a name. Um, did not get a UFC debut after winning his fight on the Dana White Contender Series over Nick Newell. Went out, won another fight. Got his debut against Nasrat Hackbrest, who he lost to by decision. No shame there, Nasrats. None. Nasrats very skilled. What do you guys think we'll see here? I know we we kind of tipped the uh, the Alex Munoz win via wrestling ground and pound. Um, is that pretty much what you're both anticipating seeing here? Or does Does Bob Ross have some smoke? Bob Ross is going to paint up violent little ass whooping
3: uh no dude even though we just told him to bet on alex munoz the one thing and i'm always going to be transparent that kind of gives me a little pause is that nasra doesn't really have great takedown defense Mm. Like he's not a very good grab like his he's good at getting up yeah so like that that that's very interesting um I don't know, though, man. Like, Luis Pena has shown that he will, if he gets taken down, he will just sit there and just kind of accept positions. So, um, Well, he
1: does have four subs. So I I think he's a guy, especially with his length, that will look for subs off his back, but maybe to his own detriment. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So, I mean, I'm probably going to take Alex Munoz in this. Uh, I hate picking against violent Bob Ross because I think he's super sick. But, I mean, he's going to have to show me something that I haven't seen from him thus far.
1: What do you think, Jetta?
2: Uh, You know, I'm just hoping for the show me, as you said. Uh, maybe we've got a, a Francis Ngannou coming at us, and he's really worked on the wrestling, developed it. Gotten, ADCC Lewis There it is. There it is. He's gotten to the point where he can keep the fight where he wants it to be. Yeah. Because even if he's not going to aggressively wrestle, not being on your back against a guy who is looking to control, looking to ground and pound, looking to choke you, is always the best thing you can do. Just make him tired. Don't let them get you down when they're fresh, because then they're just going to beat you up.
1: Yeah, and I, what I remember from the Nick Newell fight wasn't overly impressive, I guess, from Alex Munoz. I mean, it was a lot of grand. It was, it was a, it was an alpha male approach. You know, it was a lot of takedowns and a lot of ground and pound, a lot of positional control, which definitely works against Bob Ross. But I don't remember being particularly impressed by uh, Munoz on the feet. I don't think he he looked like a an overly complex striker, which maybe that's okay. Maybe you keep it simple if, if your skill set is a little more limited. Whereas Bob Ross will throw a lot at you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, yeah, I think probably what you guys are saying is, is the tale of this fight. If they can keep it on the feet, I probably like Pena. If you can't keep it on the feet, I think it's probably Munoz's fight all day.
2: If anything, if someone's going to finish the fight, it's Pena. is my Yeah. If the fight does not get finished, then... Team Alpha Male will take another GNP win.
1: So maybe a possible hedge there. We haven't looked at prop odds at all, but you might be able to hedge maybe Pena by submission or Pena by stoppage with an Alex Munoz uh, decision, or just generally picking Alex Munoz. Mm. Next up, we've got at middleweight Abdul Razak Al Hassan, the big hitter, versus Jacob Malkoon. Um Abdul Razak Al Hassan. I don't know why that name is so difficult for me to say, but it is, is coming in at 10 and three, Uh, Jacob Malkoon, just at four and one, um, mostly known probably for being a a training partner of Robert Whitaker, and therefore has kind of gotten maybe a little bit more of a push because of that. And as we're all aware, it's a Whitaker card. So he is also on the card. Um, Abdul Razaka Hassan, all 10 wins by way of KO. So we kind of know what he's coming in here to do. Uh, Thanks. That said, did lose his last two fights, lost to Munir Lezez by decision. I believe that's his only decision. No, his two decision loss, one. And his last fight, 32nd uh, KO loss to uh, Kalen Williams. Chaos. I like calling him Kalen. That's Where? weird.
3: Oh, well, I guess that's... <laughs> Chaos isn't his government name.
2: It's funny to me that you he's got, got like, such a new age name. Kalen. Jaden. Jaden. Braden.
1: I like it. It's, it's cute. Uh, Jacob Mamba Malcoon coming in at four and one. Hell yeah. He lost his last fight, in, which was his UFC debut to Phil Hawes. And also very similarly lost in under 30 seconds. Um, I don't know that we really got anything out of that fight. Did you guys glean anything about Jacob Malkoon? Do, do we think that a guy that came into the UFC at just four and O oh was maybe ill prepared to be there? Or do we think maybe he's got a chance here?
3: Um, dude, I don't know. That's, that's really kind of troubling. He had only had four fights and then he already gets that. And I'm not trying to like say that, oh, he doesn't deserve to be in the promotion because hell dude, he lost in 18 seconds. Phil, sure. I remember rewatching that fight. Phil Haas came forward and was just swinging. I mean, he caught him, clipped him and finished him, but.
1: And Phil Haas can knock out anybody uh, on planet the Earth. that
3: motherfucker. It's so hard. Um, I don't know, man. That, that's really interesting to see five fights and he's already, like, he's already in, uh. The UFC and stylistically this is another dude who's going to come forward swinging so you know I mean hopefully he's made the proper adjustments um, but damn the UFC isn't doing this dude any favors no
2: no, I'm going to say that he's in the UFC for a reason four fights is not that many um, but they had to see something they really liked a lot yeah Otherwise, I tend to agree there. Um, and so and there are other guys have had pretty nice career trajectories right. with very few fights outside the UFC
1: and it should be noted only 25 years old
2: Yeah, and so. I mean At the end of the day, the guy got hit by a hitter. So the worst happens to you (laughs) when you get hit by a hitter. And unfortunately, he is in the same position because Al Hassan is going to be looking to do the exact same thing. And he has the power. So hopefully uh, he just got caught cold or he just wasn't ready for the shot. Hopefully he is capable of defending himself against an opponent who is aggressive. Because if you can throw some kicks, if you can... Throw something back at Al Hassan. You can make him wait. You can make him tentative. We've seen that in his fights. But if you let him lead, you let him be the bully, he can hurt anybody in that division very bad, very fast.
1: Very true. Uh, The odds would tend to agree with our assessment of this, I would say. Uh, Al Hassan coming in at minus 300. Malkoon coming in at plus 235. Next up on the card, we have Andre Arlovsky. Oh, Andre Arlovsky is back ageless wonder taking on chase sherman the vanilla gorilla hell yeah always a fun time ryan what do you expect to see from this we've seen some interesting things from andre lately a little uh, more conservative game planning i guess you could say
3: you know what's crazy um i've noticed this too with like the aging older legends of the sport i don't know if it's that they don't have faith in their chin as much but you've started to see a super conservative approach because uh, that's kind of how Aleister Overeem was starting to fight, where like yeah. he wouldn't put himself in these bad positions. Um, and Andre is starting to do the same thing, where he's going to like jab, throw a one-two, try and clinch up, you know, try and make it as safe as humanly possible for him. Uh, the issue is that Chase Sherman's going to come forward swinging, so you're either going to see Andre get clipped early get put away, or uh, I could see Andre keeping this, keeping himself safe at a distance, clinching up when he needs to. If he gets hurt, he's going to clinch up. He's going to try and just weather the storm and try and grind out a decision.
1: Yeah, I tend to agree. Uh, Arlowski coming in off a loss to Tom Aspinall. Not a lot of shame there. That guy's Ew. 3-0 in the UFC and has looked very, very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chase Sherman, on the other hand, was away from the promotion for a while, came back beautifully against uh, isaac villanueva winning by tko with punches and elbows looked like a totally different fighter in a Mm -hmm. lot of respects uh jetta what do you expect to see from chase sherman
2: well you know i just want to see i want to see if he can press the action and make andre do more than be all the way out or all the way in yeah um a smart approach is the key to this fight uh, because like aging fighters as uh, we've mentioned, and then just Jackson Wink guys in general, in my opinion, and, you know, Holly Holm and ladies, what's up, Uh are going to try to get to that clinch, work that outside trip, or even a body lock sometimes, pressure you against the fence and grind you out. I've seen that approach a lot from Jackson yeah. Wink fighters. Which is weird. Early in the fight. Yeah, yeah. it's, even for people who that's it wasn't their game before, have been adopted that, mm-hmm. And we've seen it from Andre, and so, can Chase deal with that? Because Andre's got the striking acumen to, like, make it rough to not be in the wrong spot. Mm-hmm. And so, to me, it's about patience. It's about making sure you enter correctly and just not letting Andre be all the way in or all the way out. Make him fight in that middle range. That's yeah. that's where you can touch him. That's where you can hurt him. That's where you can win the fight.
1: Yeah, I like that a lot. Chase Sherman is also a big-time like momentum guy. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if the fight is going his way, if he's front-running in the fight, he is a problem. He is a handful. He's tough to deal with. If he struggles, has a little bit of adversity earlier, we've seen him not necessarily wilt, but have struggles he's better being a hammer than a nail yeah i tend to agree the odds are interesting here they've shifted a little bit since the last time we looked chase sherman is an underdog now at plus 115 andre alovsky at minus 140 maybe some value there on chase sherman mm-hmm. god there's also a little bit of value on andre too yeah that's I mean, a tough fight man
2: i think those odds are pretty reasonable i mean i would call this one almost to pick him personally like yeah andre just has all the tools man he can definitely win this fight and he can finish this fight as well I don't know that he'll take the risks to do that, but this—it's not like Andre just can't win this fight. Like he's yeah. just gonna, you know, get run over.
1: Yeah. Before losing to Aspinall, had been on a two-fight win streak versus Felipe Lins and Tanner Bozier, who are formidable opponents. Yeah. Probably, Probably about the same level as yeah. what he's going to see from Chase.
2: So, and you know, like I said, we saw that all the way in, all the way out, using the jam, circling, getting to the body lock, the outside trip. I mean, Andre can do that again. And it wins fights, undoubtedly.
1: Co-main event, we've got a lightweight fight. Jeremy Stevens coming in twenty-eight and eighteen. Now, man, he has been in the UFC for a hot minute,
2: Ever. long time.
1: Taking on relative newcomer, but still veteran, Drakkar Close eleven-two and one. What do you guys expect to see in this one besides probable fireworks? Jeddah, why don't you to start?
2: Ah, uh, am not gonna be on outside trips. That's for sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> not a one.
2: Uh, so. Man, these guys are bangers, but I I see Jeremy taking control of this fight if it stays in the center of the octagon. I Jakar has to move. Jakar has to stick. That's been shown to be what's effective against Jeremy, and you can't overextend, which is the most important thing. Because, I mean, Josh Emmett, right, was in the driver's seat against Jeremy. Got cracked one time. Fight's over. Um, Duho Choi. Not in the driver's <laughs> seat. That fight was more competitive, but Duho was doing good. And I missed crack, that dude. Got cracked one. Man, what's up with Duho Choi? Does he have to do his like, military thing? I think he's service? doing his military thing. Ah, well, Korean Superboy, we await your return, homie. Move so much. Head. We we want you back so I bad. just
1: want all Korean battle. Oh, yeah. yeah, real shit. so bad. That's such an absolute war, dude. And
2: so, uh, who was it that he hit with that flying knee when he was just all bloodied just up? S- Jeremy Stevens is screaming like a maniac after landing this knee.
1: Oh, uh, well, I'll find it. He's God, like pressed against terrifying. the
2: cage. Bro. And so, like he's he's got that. I rock. think it
1: was who Choi.
2: No, it wasn't Choi. Choi he uh, hit with a punch and then and the then he got the mean- meanest elbow I've ever seen. Well, okay, not the meanest, but high up there. Oh, it's
1: Dennis Bermudez. Dennis
2: Bermudez. The meanest elbow I've ever seen is John Jones against Brandon Vera back in the day. Oh God, you, the sound. What a throwback! It sounded like a baseball bat hitting a chicken bone. <laughs> it was brutal. <laughs>
1: That's so specific and yet so accurate.
2: Now I'm like, I have questions. Yeah, it was. Ugh,
1: We're going to record uh, the sound of a baseball bat hitting a chicken bone for the intro of the podcast. Yeah, that
2: should be the jump sound for the podcast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, um, Jerry Stevens and uh, on a bit of a skit, to be fair, but fighting absolute murderer's row, uh, losing via TKO to Jose Aldo, uh, lost a decision to Zabit. Lost a decision to Yaya Rodriguez and then was hellbowed by Calvin Cater into oh the ether. So, kind of a back against the wall situation, but in a way, a different way, but a way, you could sort of say the same for Drakkar Close, who was knocked out pretty brutally by Benil Darius in his last fight after kind of picking up some momentum with good wins against Christos Diagos, Bobby Green, Lando Venata. So, I guess. Maybe the next place we go to is w- what do you expect to see from Drakar Close if he's able to win this fight? Do you guys see his trajectory rising to the point where he's getting maybe another ranked opponent? What do you think?
3: I think that's tough to see, though. I, it, it's tough, dude, because while Jeremy still has a name, it's at 155. He has lost four fights in a row. Yeah, dude. And also, 155 such a fucking sh. Like, it's the wolf's den, dude. Yeah. So, like, a ranked opponent is oh god you're probably what fighting drew dober like 15 yeah 15 yeah. like i it would have to be a phenomenal performance um depending how he looks you could do like him versus uh Yeah, that'd be fun that's super fun. That's Hold, fun actually
1: the winner of this versus Fiziev, either way is pretty sick I'm a huge that. fan just because i'm a huge Fiziv fan um yeah,
3: I it, it, it's a good matchup but what worries me though um is I think that's the first time Jakar's been knocked out was his last fight against Daryushin. While most fighters come back okay, like it is a huge mental thing to get over. Um, so he may be a little hesitant to pull the trigger, and that is not the place to be with Jeremy Stevens. No. Or he may be trying to just work that out by being overly aggressive. Fuck that, I'm going to go try and finish this guy, and that is the worst thing you can do against yeah, Jeremy Stevens. Yeah, not a Stevens. great plan. Um, so I, I think he has to stick to a game plan, and honestly... Not go looking for a finish. I mean, if it comes to you, cool. But for the most part, dude, you have to fight smart uh, because Jeremy Stevens is just dangerous. Because he's one of he is like truly one of those blood and guts. Fuck, yeah. I'm biting down on the mouthpiece and I'm swinging. And if he lands, he's murking you. He's about that life. One hundred percent. He's a Midwest monster. To you'd, quote himself,
2: you'd be hard pressed to find somebody who was more about it. Man, that's so, all. I think he's still a good win. Uh, for Jakar. I think yeah. picking up Jeremy Stevens is great for him. I think both fighters really need to win this fight. Yeah, it's yeah, super does, important. Does Jeremy win. get cut though if he loses? I maybe. don't think so, man. Depending how with
1: he loses. the yeah, maybe if he's stopped or something. But uh, because Jakar's not really a guy that stops people, what's his contract that frequently. look like? I don't know. He's got left. I can on try him? to Google I think he it. He has a couple fights. I mean, I'm guessing if he since he's changed weight classes, he probably has fights left. Yeah.
2: Based US on how they usually like, structure them. Yeah, but I mean, that makes sense to me.
1: I don't know. Uh, well, the line has actually moved a little bit. Either uh, way,
2: Jeremy's been in the company so long, fighting yeah. so long, he has the highlight reel to get some extra grace. Yeah, you get a leash. Yeah, Jeremy's not getting cut unceremoniously. Even if he does get cut from, like, let's say, a really bad performance. Dana White goes to the post-right and he almost cries about it.
1: Yeah, and... The likelihood of him having a bad performance isn't that high? I don't think he really had a bad performance in any of those fights I think the yeah. last time I remember him looking kind of bad was against Hinato Moicano But that was forever ago.
2: You could argue that the worst fight He's looked in the losing streak was Calvin Cater, but I don't even think he looked I bad. Didn't, in that I didn't fight. think
1: so either in Calvin's I mean, Calvin that Calvin. Could be a, a, a title challenger in the very near future So he's, it's hard
2: to say somebody looked bad against somebody who just fought uh, Max Holloway.
1: Yeah Fair point Yikes, Fair point. So as I said, the line actually shifted a little bit, making our bet on Jeremy Stevens. Maybe even a little more advertising. Now he's down to minus 125. Jerk car close. The dog, but less so, now at plus 105. Put your stimmy from Moneybag Joe on that. Put your stimmy on Moneybag Joe. From Moneybag Joe. From Moneybag Joe. <laughs> oh, boy. And now, last but not least, we have a absolute slobber knocker main event very possibly anyways don't want to get too out of myself robert whitaker taking on kelvin Gastelum. ryan why don't you tell us why robert whitaker is going to win this fight it seems like a really good place to start because he's the best
3: middleweight not named israel adesanya on the planet no dude i mean i think um obviously robert's already prepared for kelvin before so i imagine it's kind of hey we're still going to stick to the same game plan just sharpen some things up um he's already faced a couple of southpaws recently so you know he's used to that style um and, and plus he's just looked fantastic ever since uh his loss to izzy and i think a lot of that has to come back to robert being like to openly speaking about how he kind of just felt burnt out before the Izzy fight and, yeah. and how he's kind of just fell back in love with the sport. And I think that makes a huge difference on your performances. You know, if you're not loving what you're doing, you're, you're not always going to be able to put your best foot forward. Um, and even though Kelvin is still super dangerous, he's kind of had a rough go as of late. Um, you know, and I, I just think stylistically uh, Robert's going to get on his horse. He's going to try and stick and move. Um and Kelvin is there to be hit. And so I think I, I think this is the first time we see Kelvin get stopped. Interesting. I think he gets knocked out. I think he gets knocked out later, probably about the fourth round.
1: So quick note on the odds here. They've actually shifted a little bit from what we said earlier. Kelvin actually now a bigger underdog now at plus 210. So our bet's Shit. looking a little bit sweeter. Uh, Whitaker coming in at minus 265. Jetta, tell us why Kelvin Gastelum wins this fight.
2: Oh, man. First of all, who does Kelvin lose to? I mean, world beaters only. It ain't no chumps, uh-huh. my man. Kelvin Gastelum only loses to the best, and when he loses, how often does he look terrible? We're talking about Darren Till, fairly close the fight. Jack
3: Hermanson's the only one where yeah. he didn't look great, yeah, that, but that a heel good. hook's a weird thing to Yeah, but he, to it lose was by. weird though because like he kind of had like no sense of urgency.
2: Yeah. and then um, before that, I mean, Israel Adesanya. Oh lost to the current champion, fought him to a standstill in a war. Yeah, A guy who iced Bobby Knuckles, by the way. Mm. Sorry, Robert, I love you, dude. I just, I had to, I, I gotta say something. Um, I mean, Kelvin's got the heart, he's got the boxing, and he's genuinely, in my opinion, one of the most underrated fighters. I think he's a guy who's only taken really tough losses, and a couple fights go his way, and he's either a champion or fighting for the belt. Mm-hmm. And so, a guy with that type of experience with that type of ability, it's going to be a tough fight. Mm-hmm. He's got the boxing, the speed to show. I mean, if he can hit Israel Adesanya for four or five rounds, who can he not?
1: Nobody's hit? lumped up Izzy the way he did. Nobody. Not even close.
2: It's it's, it's crazy that it's one of the best performances of his career because it's yeah. a loss. But it's, it's an incredible performance both then and now with the benefit of the future in mm-hmm. hindsight. It's like more impressive. Yeah. And so... This is a tough fight for Robert. He's got mm-hmm. all the tools, uh, but so does Kelvin. I mean, this is its going to be a banger. Everyone's expecting a war for a reason. Bobby Knuckles got no quit in him. Kelvin got that Mexican heart. Everybody's going to get exactly what they want to see. He's got his chin from
3: made of fucking granite, too. He really does. Yes, These odds are horrible, to be like really They're honest They're confusing. With you. Yeah, like it's, it, it's not great, because like, this fight is super close. And I, I guess I can understand, well, Kelvin just won his last one, and he lost three before that, but... Hell, he lost a split decision to Till, and he got heel-hooked by Jack Hermanson, and Jack Hermanson's a fucking wizard on the ground. Like, it, it, those are elite guys. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, well, just take a second and think about that. kelvin has got them three losses. He's still fighting Robert Whitaker. That's how good them losses are.
3: Yep. And 100%. and because and, and Paulo Costa pulled out, too. That's, well, yeah, that's that, not that too.
2: Mind. But listen, wine does what it does. That's yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> so let's say
1: Whitaker wins. Naturally, he's getting the title shot. In that coming to get that Time line. what would you like to see for Kelvin Gastelum next
2: takes the oh
1: and again it I realize it depends a little bit on how that L goes because this could be a war and he could be out for a while he's ranked what eighth
2: yeah well, let's say you got to give a you got to give a prospect a shot at Kelvin at this point right like
3: I'm interested to see what you say here I'll pull up the rankings because I have two separate scenarios Take us through it. Okay, fuck it, cool. Uh, You got Chris Weidman and Uriah Hall fighting. I think if Uriah Hall wins, you give Kelvin him. Okay. I mean, you could run back the Uriah, or you could run back the Kelvin, Chris Weidman. Please, God. Yeah, I was like, I'm not interested at all. Uh, And then you have Edmund fighting Jack Hermanson. If Edmund wins, Kelvin Gasol.
1: Kelvin and Edmund could be a banger. Yeah.
3: Yeah. As long as Edmund shores up his cardio. Because he's not. Dude, I—and granted, Kelvin's been in a lot of wars, so maybe his chin, like, at some point it is going to go, but I don't see it happening, like, in the near yeah. like future. Like, you're not going to put him out in one round. Well,
2: like, the Edmund fight I like a lot, too, but, like, I don't know if I'm that concerned about his cardio, because who's not tired after Derek Brunson smashes you for two rounds? Like, I mean, they should have stopped it at the bell in the second, in my opinion. Yeah. Bad he cornering and done. reffing. He was done, bro. So the fact that he went out for another round, clearly badly hurt, gets taken down, gets smashed up again. Uh, you could be right, but I'm not yeah, worried about his cardio know. after that fight. I, I think getting smashed hurts.
1: Yeah, fair point. Very true. I, I don't really know what's next for Kelvin either. And, and like I said earlier, I think it, it it is probably largely dictated on how this fight goes. Um, there's a number of names that are kind of interesting. Um but, yeah, it's just hard to say. What exactly. sticks out to you, though? I mean, I think him and Till would be really fun, and there I think thought. it would be a good... Oh, yeah, they're... Right, the fight sucked. They did. That fight did suck.
3: But if he... Lo- so we're talking if Kelvin loses?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're still on F Kelvin Him loses. versus
3: Brad Tavares would be a fucking banger. Be a banger. I am up. Because those. Kelvin would probably be ranked... He's, if he's, what, like eight now, he'd probably be like
1: eleven. 12. When did Sean Strickland move to middleweight? This is news to me. Yeah, he's, yeah, me not only is he a middleweight, he's ranked. What the hell? Oh. Interesting.
2: Yeah, you know, I guess I'm just puzzled because Kevin's in a really bad spot if he loses this fight. Really bad. It's hard to find him a compelling matchup at this point.
1: He's fought twice it. Wow, I fully missed that.
3: Yeah, dude, see, that? that's where it's truly if he wins fantastic you're right back in the title condition. yeah
2: the world opens up if he wins but if you lose
1: it's well
2: let's talk about that then
1: so let's say kelvin wins let's start with what what you do for kelvin next Cannonier. there's a lot of options there cannoneer is definitely one that definitely stands out exactly probably stands out a little bit as well
2: i want cannoneer versus kelvin that i want him fighting a, dudes that are going to come and just bang that's for okay. the
1: visual aspect of it kelvin Gaslam and paulo costa would be pretty interesting <laughs> listen, listen. Yeah, body of the year versus bad yeah. body of the year exactly
2: i feel like it goes without saying that everyone would like to see paulo costa against everyone dude
3: here's the thing i'm gonna come on this i think kelvin would fuck paulo up really yes
2: so i think kelvin touches paulo up i don't know that him. i don't i don't know about all that bro paulo tough Shut.
3: yeah paulo tough bisping was tough too uh, got his shit dribbled dude i'm telling you Apollo okay. can be hit though dude like that's the thing like yeah. Polo can be hit
2: cleanly yeah by yoel romero Uriah Hall dropped him with
3: the
1: drab
2: uh,
1: yeah
3: yeah, yeah but he
2: smashed him though
1: yeah and he got that dub say what you will about it he did enough to at least he did get the
2: dub dude but i
1: think say a win was reasonable dude i think calvin sleeps him
2: he can. He I definitely can. I'm, I'm not about to slander Calvin at all. But uh, I, I like Paulo Costa a lot. I think the only time he's actually looked bad was against Israel. I think everybody else basically caught the hands and uh, got erased. He lost
3: so. Dol, by the way.
2: He did. He did lose the okay, match. Cool. You heard
3: it here first. We can. We can all
1: still be friends then. Yeah, all
2: right, yeah, cool. Absolutely.
1: The other name in the mix is obviously Marvin Vittori. But I don't really see Vittori taking that fight given his new rankings bump. No. So that's probably you know what I really
3: hope doesn't happen is that Vittori just says fuck this. I'm sitting out till I get my title shot. I hope he doesn't take that. He approach. won't.
1: He won't get a title shot if he does. Yeah. That. Guess what?
3: That's the exact timeline we live in. That's exactly. That's what you I'm saying. Do so? like, I think yeah. I feel like yeah, Dana because, hates that. Yeah. Colby Covington hasn't fucking fought and. In-
1: and, and I don't see any timeline where Colby Covington gets a title shot without another fight.
3: Well, that's what I'm saying, dude. I mean, really the fighters think, well, I'm in a position of power. No, you're not. They're just going to keep moving the division forward. But like, I I hate when fighters do that, but I can see Marvin Vittori taking that approach, and I hope he doesn't. Yeah, Like, I think, okay, If he comes out, and he came out and said, he's like, oh, you know, I wasn't really happy with my performance. Dude, get the fucking taste out of your mouth then. Go beat another dude. Cement that you are the number one contender. Go fight Izzy again.
2: Well, and my thing is, you don't have the right to sit out except for in two scenarios. This is my boxing bias. I told you I grew up watching boxing and boxing. Um, Number one contender, interim champion. Those are the only guys that get to say, I'm not taking another fight. Yeah. If you're not the number one contender, you're not the interim champ, fight again. Marvin's number three, win streak, looking dominant, but you're not number one, dog. Right. You ain't got that icy gold, mm, fight again.
1: Particularly in a weight class where the number one contender, Robert Whitaker, continues to just fight people. And is
2: mad active. Killers, yeah. In their tough fights going through. I mean, I've already said it before off the show, but I'll say it on air. Robert Whitaker has one of the most, if not the most, impressive title run ever. He fought a murderous row to get to the middleweight belt. Find me somebody who had a harder way through. Find me a guy who has finished Jocare mm. and beaten Yoel Romero twice. Yeah. Beat Derek Brunson when these Pretty guys bananas. were terrifying yeah. in middleweight. Robert Whitaker moved up from 170, undersized, and beat all of them.
3: It looked good.
2: And he's doing it again. He's going through the murderer's row a second time.
3: He's special, man. And, and I, I don't think he gets the appreciation that he truly deserves.
2: Like, yeah. I think that's like He's fair.
3: special. Like, I mean, granted, like you have Izzy who's like a fucking unicorn. Yeah. But it's like, dude, you look at Robert Whitaker's hit list and it's like, fuck. Yeah, look at that man resume.
1: The narrative between the two of them I find unbelievably fascinating. Like they're such different but equally likable characters and in totally unique way. It's it's such a fun story that will one day be made into a hopefully like a really cool movie because it's two two of the greatest champions in UFC history right. in the same in the in the same weight class at the same time at relatively the same age. I mean, it's, I, I, it's you. I, they literally make movies about these things.
3: If you direct it and film it, can I play Bobby Knuckles? Oh yeah. fuck dude. Yes.
1: <laughs> so, uh, let's talk about the sad timeline where Robert Whitaker, at least sad for Ryan, where Robert Whitaker I'm does not get it done. What do we see for Whitaker? Like what more does he have to do?
3: How old is he, what, 29?
2: Yeah, he's he's young. Yeah. So that is a sad timeline because... It's he's w- young, but he's like a
1: different kind of young.
3: He's
2: got miles. He
1: is me. a grizzled
3: He's
2: 49. like Jose Aldo young, mm. right? Like He's miles, 30. Yeah. Miles, miles. But um, 50 minutes will y'all we'll do that to you. Fuck.
3: Uh, but uh age anybody.
2: But he's got compelling fights still, at least, because he's shown himself to be so active, and he's yeah. still beating these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean... I don't hate him versus Marvin Vittori. No. Does Vittori get Bobby to the ground? How many takedowns do you all have? I think that's a tough, um, I think that's a tough takedown for Marvin. Yeah. I think that's hard to finish. And I think it's good for Marvin because that's about as close as you get to cementing that you're the number one contender. Yeah, It's hard to argue that Marvin has to do something else.
1: The only problem with that is then I would have no idea who Israel would then fight. Let's say, let's let's say Whitaker does lose, and then they would want to make him and Vittori. I mean, I, I, I'm looking through this list here, and I'm like, dude, there is not a. <laughs> see, see what I'm thinking here, and this is my Sean
3: Shelby hat. If Kelvin wins, you could do him versus Canadier, okay. and that would be the number one contender, I think, because he hasn't fought Cannoneer. Oh, Vittori and he's, would lose uh, his and mind. Who gives a shit? I don't. I don't really <laughs> give a fuck. I, I, I really don't. To be really honest, like. Marvin hasn't had a truly like damn like this dude is a fucking no. I agree. Champion. Yeah, I like, agree. Dude, and, and oh well, like tough shit. Uh, he Izzy has always said that Cannoneer was the dark horse of the division, and that's a fight he's interested in. Yeah. Kelvin gave him the hardest fight he's had in MMA. That's the
2: number one contender.
3: Like that. Like the, 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 that. You can how make I a case for it yeah. for sure.
2: Well, I mean, honestly, that's why I want Marvin versus uh, Cannoneer. Like I, I want to see that right now. Yeah. That is, that is the fight Oof. that he needs. That is the fight that cements him and says, I have an equal challenge to this title as Robert Whitaker. Unless Bobby goes out there and does some special shit. Then, the
1: Bobby special.
2: Yeah, then it's it's Bobby all day. Marvin's got to wait for a shot. But if he wants to take the most compelling fight that he can, to me, it's Cannoneer. Yeah, man, I tend to agree. But maybe and that's
3: just like an old school way of like our thinking is that we want to say, hey, fuck that. I want you to prove that you're the best. And, like, I think a lot of fighters today are like, no, dude, fuck that. Like, I don't, I don't want to risk my spot because you see a lot of that in other weight classes. Well, yeah,
1: because the rankings become so important, God, right? Dude. Like, it's, it's, they shouldn't be nearly as important as they are because, clearly, with Vittoria moving up to three, they're completely arbitrary. There's, you could not make a logical argument for why he would be ahead of Derek Brunson. Remember, Dan Henderson got a title shot ranked fucking 14th. I
2: think it was 11. Fair
1: point. It does what it was bad. It was bad. It was <laughs> disgusting.
2: <laughs> but listen, listen, um, overall, I think, like you said, that's for me, at least it's boxing bias for sure. Like growing up boxing, growing up watching it, the number one contender is the guy who gets the shot at the lowest, the number three guy, Yeah. but you don't ever see a guy beneath that get the shot. And we've seen it happen multiple times in UFC. And more importantly, we've seen a guy fourth fifth go up there and smack the champion. Mm-hmm. So it's not that Marvin can't win the fight. Um, any guy in the top five, well, you can even argue in the top ten, especially if you're talking about lightweight, mm-hmm. could beat the current champ. Um, but, I mean, it's resumes, dog. At the highest level, you can't just talk about it. You got to be about it.
1: Facts. All facts. Mm. Well, tune in this Saturday. It's going to be a fantastic card, particularly the co Man and main event. I think we've got potentially some, some special fight, some fight of the year type candidates um, in this card so it's a bit of a sleeper but it is excellent uh, particularly the main card so once again thank you from the mma unshow like share subscribe do the things you already know thanks love you bye jetta good job
2: Thanks, sir appreciate you uh thank you to everyone listening and everyone who will listen in the future because y'all gonna if you're not now
3: Ooh. hey put all your free money on ben Askren. it's gonna be a real funky time
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's a wrap